I've always kind of thought, oh, ceramics looks interesting, but challenging. So maybe I'll try that. And at some point I'm going to try the woodworking and stuff too. Always kind of in mind with, well, how does that meld with and work with like the metalwork or, you know, the painting and drawing, like, and those things feed each other. You can try something in one medium and suddenly it's like sparks what's happening over here. So I think to always kind of pursue those interests and and keep after them, even if they're challenging or not in your wheelhouse, I think makes it interesting and continues down that path of finding more creativity. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Thank you so much for being here in my sunny windowsill today. It's a little overcast today here on Vashon Island, but it doesn't matter. This is a very sunny conversation that you're about to hear. Um, I have the delight of talking to artist and friend, Holly Thomas-Stein. And Holly has been at it for a while. We've both been at it about the same amount of time, actually. At it, I mean, kind of in our art careers and in the world. So it's great to just hear a little bit more about her past and the choices she's made and the things she's done along the way. So a little bit more about Holly. She is the artist behind HTS Studios. She has been an artist for as long as she can remember from crayons to computers and everywhere in between. She's thrilled that the tools of her trade are paper, pencils, and paint as well as silver and stones. Creating is part of her every day, and she loves it. In her 30-plus years as a self-employed artist, Holly has been a graphic designer, illustrator, metalsmith, and mixed-media artist. She's owned an art gallery, and she's taught jewelry making. She's been fortunate to work with amazing international companies, creating marketing and advertising campaigns, products, as well as packaging. Her work has been featured in books and magazines and won numerous awards. Currently, Holly licenses her art to a variety of manufacturers in the decor, paper, gift, and textile market. She also makes and sells handcrafted jewelry and dabbles in ceramics. In other words, 
Holly is like many of us. She loves being creative. She loves to learn. And the path she is on has taken her many places and not always things or jobs or circumstances that she would have imagined when she started out. So let me let Holly tell you a little bit more about that. So here's Holly. So you had a very successful, just tell us a little bit about your history. I'm not going to paraphrase. <laughs> you tell us, Holly, how you got into this whole creative thing. Um, grew up in a creative household with creative parents who were depression era kids and could do anything with nothing. So that was always interesting to see how that uh, manifested in a creative way in our household. My mother was literally able to do anything like mm. you know she could cook so she like made all the upholstery and curtains and changed them on a seasonal basis so things wow. always look fresh she was a baker and a fabulous cook and a mother to five of us over wow, yeah. 40 years so wow. um like my parents were really inspirational from the beginning and so great. you know my mom was willing to teach me to draw and do oil painting when I was probably 10, you know, like there was kind of a trust level and a, an encouragement that was really wonderful. Well, it sounded like they were those kind of parents that said, Hey, you know, didn't treated you as somebody capable and with smarts and, you know, interesting to talk to. And that's, that's a great, that's such a good foundation. Yeah, it is a good foundation. Yeah. And, you know, they, they expected you to be responsible, which is also a very good foundation. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was that was terrific. And um, I kind of always thought maybe I would end up as an artist. And I remember writing a paper in high school where I was like, oh, I'm going to go on and own an advertising design agency, which was funny because I, I did for a long time. Um, so after high school, I went to very traditional art school, the American Academy of Art in Chicago, and, um, you know, like life drawing every day for three hours and things like that. So um, I have a good background in art. Yeah. And then I was cutting my watercolor class to go and work freelance before <laughs> I was out of school because it was like, okay, I need money. I need a foot in the door, you know, all those things. Yeah. And I ended up working at that place um, for seven years. And oh, then, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So was so, it an ad advertising agency firm? Advertising and design. And it was mm -hmm. small. So I got real hands-on experience and learned a lot of things and, um, you know, I was like 23 and I would manage the freelance guys who were like, some of them were like 85, like those guys <laughs> who were so experienced and, yeah. you know, retouched by hand and eye. And oh so I gosh. learned so many things. And of course it was um, pre-computer. So everything was done mm -hmm. by hand. Yeah. So it was kind of a, you know, very labor intensive, but kind of a real magical time of learning. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't, can we even learn that way now? I'm not sure it's, I mean, of course it's t in today's way, but just that whole being around people that are so experienced and you're, you know, they're maybe not teaching you specifically, but you're watching just how they, you know, change the shape of something or the density or how they draw that eye or whatever, whatever it is that you're, you can soak in at the same time. It's pretty Yeah. Great. It was pretty amazing. And um, they were all guys. So there was always kind of that funny, like, oh, it's our, <laughs> our little girl kind of thing. But they were very cool with me, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I had been freelancing while working there. And 
I met my future husband and I was, you know, intending to go out on my own. And he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you some support while you do that. So I started uh, my own business in, oh my God, 1989. Yeah. (laughs) And I've been self-employed since then. Yeah. So, it does. Um, it seems like yesterday, but then when you look at the actual dates, it's not so much just yesterday. There's a, no, there's a good so, experience in there. Not so much just yesterday, but you know, it, good experience. And I'm so lucky to have always been doing what I wanted to do. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it was funny. I took our daughter to um, her college orientation and the president of the university said, okay, I want everybody in the audience, which at that point it was, you know, new students and parents thousands of people. Yeah. If you know what you want to do, please stand up. So, you know, parents and students. Yeah. So a lot of people stood up, you know, if you know what you want to do at 18, please stand up. And then the next question was, and for the adults and the parents, how many of you are actually doing the thing that you thought you wanted to do when you were 18? And it was probably 10 of us. Oh my God. So So interesting. interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting. And um, so I feel really fortunate to always have been able to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I mean, I think, I think that's a very small percentage, like, like you illustrated, but, but at 18, you think it's, you don't think that you think, Oh, I've got this all figured out. I'm going to be this, or maybe you don't, maybe you think I'm not sure what to be, but I know it's going to be something in this area, which then it's even harder to say like, well, what exactly does that mean? And then all the kids or adults who, who think, oh, I need to do business school because I want to be an artist, but I should do something that gives me an, you know, blah, 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 that whole, that whole (laughs) cyclical kind of, my parents told me to do this, but now, now I'm going to be an artist. So the fact that you claimed that and you went to school for it too, which is, which is good. My dad, I remember clearly my dad saying to me, you should take the secretarial class, you know, cause I don't know that this artwork thing is going to pan out. My mom, on the other hand, gave me like this little nugget of money and was like, go, you know, oh, mom. Uh, yeah. yeah. My mom was pretty cool. She had taken, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the famous artist courses, like in the uh, maybe forties, fifties, mm-hmm. like Norman Rockwell and uh, wow. a, a bunch of very famous illustrators got together and they had this like a mail-in course. So my mom would be, you know, this was before I was born, but she'd like, you know, do her assignment, paint it up and send it off. And then she'd get those ones that say, do you want to draw this donkey? You know, remember those little cartoons? (laughs) Yes, I do. So she would draw, she would, would she be given an assignment or how did it work? Really? given an assignment and she'd send it in. And then, you know, one of the illustrators who started this, including Norman Rockwell would send her a letter back with the critique, uh, like a lot of times overlays with like, you know, what? Yeah. And I have, have all that. I have do? all that. And um, yes, I do. And like, it's would precious. it say fondly Norman or like, would you yeah, know? Who- it would be what? a letter, a, a hand typed letter. Because you know they didn't have computers, right? No type letters signed by whomever the artist was who was their critique, literally with you know like tissue overlays with like here's how to make it stronger, look at composition. So my mom was very cool, and I think you know given another time she would have been a force. Yeah, but oh gosh, like I said, she raised kids. She was she was a a real mom, like focused on that for. 
40 years. Well, she probably saw and, and giving you that little nugget of, of some funds and, and not only that, you know, that's one thing, but giving you permission and giving you, you know, teaching you the things it was probably her way of saying, I'm not sure. I don't see this path for myself, but hopefully I can see it for my kids. Oh my gosh, Holly, that's really incredible. I love that you have that. Yeah. I love that. I have it too. Oh my God. I love to have it too. And (laughs) I I want to see it. I, you know, we've been in this, this is a total side story, but we've been in this thing with our house where we're having repairs and stuff done. And I had to pull all this stuff out of the attic and it's there. And I'm like, I should just start and do the whole course myself, you know? So I think I'm going to try to do that. Oh, wow. That would be so cool. Oh my gosh. That, that brings up all sorts of thoughts and questions for me for another day. Um, And you should scan those things, you know? Yeah. Because that, I mean, I, I wonder where the right, my head, here's where my, you know, licensing head goes like, who has the rights to that right now? And what, what could you do with that? Could you make it? Could you? Yeah. Anyway, fascinating. I love that. Yeah. I have to, I have to post some pictures of that. It's pretty cool. So, so, so you were supported along the way and you, you ended up um, seven years in this advertising and design agency and freelancing at the same time. That's, that's yeah. pretty, that's yeah. pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I'm kind of a, a workaholic and I've always have been, and I love it. So, yeah. you know, I'd go home from work and, you know, I used to work with this little restaurant and I used to work with this little grocery store. So I'd be doing ads and yeah, all kinds of stuff. So very cool. Um, and so then, then that led it, did that lead, what that, what did that lead to next? Well, ultimately, so once I had my business, um, I found clients here and there. The first group of clients I had were all manufacturers and they were licensing artwork from the likes of Disney and Nickelodeon and um, DC and Marvel, like all the big companies of the day. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them still are of the day. Um, So I was doing design and production for things like kids' backpacks and tents and um, like just all kinds of things. Did they, how'd they find you? Uh, through one of the vendors that we mutually worked with. Okay. He's like, wow. you should check out this company. You'd, you'd be great with them. Cause there's not a lot of people that I know, um, from our, cause we're the same age era and, and that, um, had figured that out. Yeah. And my husband kept saying to me, you should license your own work. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I completely was not ready. Like it would right. have been a good time. It wasn't time. really a thing, even though. You know, I think Mary Engelbright had just yeah. kind of hit the street. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a thing, but it was, ve- it seemed very, very far, far reaching in my mind, at least. Yes. Yeah. Like, because I it was big license names. And those of the rest of us were just doing freelance or, you know, making our own things, really, seems like. Yeah. 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 So, you know, in some sense, I may have missed the boat, but I think that there was a certain lack of readiness on my part to do any of that. It's just a different boat. Yeah. Well, it's taken me you didn't miss it. 30 years to, <laughs> to come full circle on it. So, but I guess I'm very glad I did. Yeah, for sure. That's super interesting though. I mean, I, I talk about it like it was, you know, centuries ago and it wasn't, it was not that long ago at all, but, but to, you know, because there, it wasn't really taught in art school 
And so if you were, if you were an artist that had your work on dishware and things like that, it was often, it felt like you were not even American, you were European or you worked for the plate company or for, you know, or it was, um, intellectual property like a Disney design or something like that. Or there were certainly people like Mary Engelbright and a few other card people that I think back to um, Susan Polish shuts shuts, whatever her name was, you know, her kind of mountainy layered artwork and poetry. And, you know, it's just, I, I think probably the advent of social media and the internet started to broaden our knowledge of that, but I don't know, just a different time and a different way to get to be seen is all. So is that where you got your biggest, I'm not going to, I'll let you talk obviously, but your biggest account that you had for several years was how did that all transpire from working, from designing backpacks and tents and things? Well, because, you know, I had my own business and I was open to any kind of design or illustration job. I was always looking for clients and a friend of mine was working with a food agency in Chicago and they needed some help. So my friend said, Hey, you know, yeah, you should go talk to them. So I started working with this food service agency. And so for many years, like almost 25, I did a lot of food work packaging and, um, you know, sell sheets and trade show booths and for potato yeah. companies and cheese companies and huh. Taco Bell and yeah. uh, ultimately ended up doing a lot of work through them for Cheesecake Factory Bakery. Mm-hmm. And so I designed the boxes for the bakery for 20, like 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's a long time. That's a, that's a lot of boxes. It, it was a long time and it was, yeah, probably, well, hundreds of boxes for sure, because, you know, I did them in multiple languages and multiple sizes. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, so that was really interesting, you know, like going on all the photo shoots and um, it, it was, it was a great career. It really yeah. was. Um you know, working with wonderful photographers. So yeah. that was all really exciting. Great. And, well, you know, it's like doing things like writing brand standards for them and that kind yeah. of thing. So, but, you know, very kind of, uh, very corporate, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there was a lot to learn there too. It was less artistic, but, you know, really learned a lot about branding and all of those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think the, all those things you say are, it's so true because I, I was going to ask you, you know, what did you do for your sort of own inner heart artwork at that time? Or were you just so busy that you, you didn't, how did that? (laughs) Well, it's funny. Um, so when we were back in Chicago, we had a neighbor who worked at the local arts center, which was a great place. And she said, Hey, you know, we're going to do this high end craft fair, and we need some design help. Can you do like the posters and the brochures and booklets and stuff for us? So I was like, sure. So I did all that. And of course, you know, they're not profit. So they're like, yeah. okay, we'd like to pay you in classes. And our oh. kids were little at that point. And I came home, I was all excited. And I was like, I got some free classes. And I think the kids would be great in this or that. And my husband looked at me, he's like, you need to go take a class and just like, you know, do that for yourself. So Uh um, I had been interested in metalsmithing and taken a class like 10 years before. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go take a metals class. And I did that and I was completely addicted. So 
that went from taking classes to teaching classes and then doing things like one of a kind Chicago at the merchandise mart and street fairs. And, um, did you ever do like the ACC show or any of those higher level craft shows? Cause your work is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I didn't, you know, I I think our kids were, that would have been a whole different, um, five and seven or something. They were little commitment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing I did, I did one of a kind at, at the merchandise yeah. one yeah. year. Um, and I remember it had this astronomical booth fee and it was terrifying, yeah. you know, um, but I did it and it was so exciting and it, it was a good show and all of those things. Um, but, you know, working full time with my own business and then having little kids and then trying to layer all of that on. And I did that kind of thing for a long time. Yeah. So with your jewelry, because I don't know, when I first met you, we, it was to look at through your work and your portfolio. I think it was just a one-on-one and, and I mean, jewelry, you just sort of mentioned as an after, you know, thought and, oh my gosh, it just, to me, it, um, it immediately shows, but it, it translates to your illustration work too, such skill and such, um, attention to detail and, and, um, a real, I mean, you, you own it, like you get it so much. And I, and it, me having done some silversmithing myself and knowing how <laughs> to make something look that easy, it's really hard. So it just gives me great respect for just, I think you approach your business that way and in your relation, your business relationships that way and everything. So it, it comes through in all you do, but I'm glad you've, you've started doing some jewelry again. It's not a mistake that you got that, uh, you have this new opportunity because it's just, you know, it, our careers are our paths or whatever you want to call them unfold in the most unpredictable ways, even though as that 18 year old, you're sure you're, you know how it's going to go. And um, I think those common threads of integrity and just being true to yourself, if, if you can hold on to those things, then it pays off in some way. You would hope. Yeah. Yeah. You would hope. And I think, you know, pursuing the thing that excites you yeah it was um it was interesting like more recently like about 2012 um we were living up in the mountains of Colorado in Breckenridge and I had always had this idea that it would be really cool to own like a a gallery where I sold my work and also you know I still you know was doing all the graphic design and everything so I'd have my office there and whatnot. So we did that. And I used to teach um, people who'd come in, you know, because like husbands and wives come in and the guys want to ski all week. And by day two, the women are like, let's go shop or whatever, you know. Yep. Um, so I was teaching like people could come in and just take a three-hour class and make silver rings, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Nice. And I got to meet some really interesting people and that a couple of yeah. A couple of them were very high up in Washington politics. Hmm. Two of them, like at that time, were frequently meeting with President Obama, like those kind yeah. of people who really had lots of responsibility and things. Huh. And, you know, in talking to them, I always was imagining that they just started out in politics and right. like they were just doing this thing from the get go. 
And both of those women explained to me, I think they both had been teachers. They both had been parents, you know, or, you know, raised their kids or whatever. And they had these odd trajectories that kind of layered and layered and layered. And suddenly there they were in this position, which I thought was really interesting. And I think the bottom line of it is, and this is something I've told our kids is kind of follow that thing. That's your interest. Mm -hmm. um, And that's your roadmap. Like, don't, don't see it as I'm going from point A to B and it's a straight line kind of follow the, like the little nooks and crannies that light you up and make you happy. And then that leads to a more fulfilled kind of life. Because let's face it, even if you love what you do for work, it's still work, (laughs) right? It is. It is. I love what you said. And that's so true because if you can, if you can kind of dilute or I don't know, maybe that's the opposite of what I want to say. If you can see what that thing is, if you know, you love something and you, and it might be the most obvious, you don't even think about it. Like for my kiddo, it's, he loves video games and he loves movies and he loves music. So what's, what's, it's going to be interesting to watch that path, but for you, you know, you were always creative. And for me too, always creative. And I thought after I graduated from a semi-creative education, um, that I needed to find that thing, but what that thing is, is really many things put together that continue to, if you, if, if creativity is your thread, then it's, there's always going to be something you're interested in. If you keep looking for those creative things, like, like those free classes, you, it's not like you thought, Oh, I'm going to be someday. I'm going to have a gallery in Breckenridge. No, it was like, Oh my gosh, I got this free class. This one sounds interesting. And then you just never know. And it's, and it's so, we just have to give ourselves permission, I think, to be on the path. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do. And, and even now, um, like I just recently, I don't know if you know this or not, but I fairly recently moved into a a retirement community Mm -hmm. and it's large enough, fortunately, that it has spectacular amenities. Like they've got a fabulous state of the art woodworking. Let's just say you're an early adapter. Oh my goodness. Everything is here that you could possibly want. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It is like camp and because it's community supportive, like I can go take a ceramics class for the sum total of $5. Wow. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. So I've, you know, I've always kind of thought ceramics looks interesting, but challenging. So maybe I'll try that. So I'm like, I'm dabbling, right. You know, and at some point I'm going to try the woodworking and stuff too. Always kind of in mind with, well, how does that meld with and work with like the metalwork or, you know, the, the painting and drawing, like, and those things feed each other, you know, you can, you can try something in one medium and suddenly it's like sparks what's happening over here. So I think to always kind of pursue those interests and, and keep after them, even if they're challenging or um, not in your wheelhouse, I think makes it interesting and, and continues down that path of finding more creativity. I think so too. I, I really think the cool thing about being a creative, right. Being an artist, being a creative or being interested in that is you never, you'll never stop. I mean, my, even if you're, I was thinking about this, even if I couldn't move, right. My mind would still be coming up with things or seeing a color and imagining it painted on that wall over there, whatever it is. 
you know, I, but I, I do think, you know, plugging into possibility and, and a new class or, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, I have always, 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 always wanted to make hats, wanted to be a milliner. And, um, I even had somebody, a psychic tell me in my past life without knowing that, that that's what I did, which is funny, but I just, um, yeah, I know tuned in <laughs> tuned in, apparently. Uh, but I just took my first course and, um, I don't know, two weekends ago and it, I, it was, it wasn't hard, but I didn't know any of these skills. Right. So it was, so my brain is going like, oh my gosh, that's how you do that. It's really similar to, in my mind to silversmithing because there's a bezel in that, you know, that stone is supported by the edge of the stone. And how did that edge get on the back plate? And oh my gosh, it's magic. But then once you learn a few techniques, you know, that thing. And I feel like if we can continue to feed those interests that come along, then you're, you're just that much more, um, you have that much more to offer somebody else as well. You know, as a client, you know, a client of yours, you, you can say, not, can I make you a silver ring, but Hey, I understand how these things go together. I mean, it's not like you have to tell them that, but you then create artwork that's has more depth or more, more, more applications. I don't know. It's just never stop learning, I guess is that conversation. If you've been around for a bit, you know how passionate I am about community and connection amongst creatives. Being in the creative industry myself for a long time and getting to know many different areas of it, I can personally speak to the challenges that go into building confidence as an artist, managing all the ideas, tasks, and projects as a creative, and feeling alone and isolated when much of your work is done solo. This is exactly why I teamed up with brand consultant Natalie of Studio Shepherd to bring you Relish Your Creativity membership. I'm so excited to finally have a space to help facilitate and continue the real conversations that you have here, Margot. Relish Your Creativity is a monthly creative community designed to help clarify your creative journey. Whether you're an artist, an illustrator, maker, or any kind of creative, this community really bridges the gap between art, product, and a life fulfilled. It's made up of like-minded creatives who are ready to grow in their artistic endeavors as well as grow a profitable business. We bring you monthly trainings where we deep dive into relevant topics, live group mentorship with myself and with Natalie, private Facebook group, wonderful guest speakers, live chats, and a really caring community. And to get a taste of this membership, we wanted to invite all of you to join our free community chat that happens on Zoom the second Thursday of every single month. We call this the Relish Open Studio because it's a really comfortable, creative space where we can come together. To register, head to relishyourcreativity.com backslash open studio. Or if you already know this membership is for you, we would truly love to see you inside. If you have dreamt of having your artwork out in the world, that is exactly our jam. The Relish Your Creativity community is waiting for you. And I think the other trick is never stop doing, you know, I just Mm -hmm. turned 60 in December and like somebody said, well, are you going to retire? And I was like, oh, heaven, heavens no. Like, What's why that? would I want to do that? Like, I'm having, I'm having too much fun. It's too exciting and engaging. So, you know, there wouldn't really, that's not something I'm even considering, you know? So right. 
It's um, just a shift. And you're about to start on a new chapter with working with some new people. And I guess in a way, it's just putting aside a certain way of doing business and picking up a new way of doing business. And so it's retiring one idea and taking on another. Yeah. And I have to say at this point, I'm really thankful for it. Like I can, I can do the business side. I, I enjoy it to an extent, but it's, it's not my first love. And the idea that I will now have the opportunity to put my time toward my first love and really do that consciously and consistently is a very pleasing idea. I'm really, really excited about it. I mean, it's not all of us get that opportunity, you know, and I think it's important to know that to, that in this, I don't know, industry to put your art out into the world, you have to tackle the business part as well. And And even if you don't want to do it, it's really good to have done some so you know what feels right and what doesn't, et cetera, to to put all that in a tiny thimble. But um, I just, yeah, you've landed in a really positive place and I can't wait to see what happens when, when you're collaborating in the way that you can with an agent like that. And they're saying, you know, they're, you're really good at have, having found a lot of great businesses to work for, but but again, you're just going to be able to spread your wings a bit. Can't wait to see what that does. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited about the things that they, they're completely able to do for me that I won't ever be able to do for myself. I, I think that that's the big thing. There's yeah. so much opportunity there that they have their hands on mm-hmm. daily that I would never even get to because I wouldn't, I might know where to look, but I wouldn't be able to, to get there with it. So right. um You know, one of the things I'd love to ask you or have you talk about, because I think you do it so well and very few um, artists submit their work this way, is you have this really subtly sublime way of finding out who it is you want to work with, you know, putting, making yourself a list, whatever that looks like, and then presenting to that company in a way that ticks all their boxes. Like you are one of the few people that have submits to a company and, and, and gives them your artwork on their product. And I feel like people are totally afraid of that, but I can't, I know you've heard me say it a hundred times, but it still kind of boggles my mind that so few people present that way. And like people might be saying like, what are you even talking about Margo? So how, how does that translate for you? Well, in terms of the process of finding those people, you know, I've always tried to find the people that I would be proud to be working with, you know, or whose work I would like to own myself, you know, love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens to bring me to beautiful companies like Studio M, for instance, I'm so fortunate to work with you. Um, so then it becomes the question of what, what do they want? What do they need? What does their product look like? And how does my artwork fit into their needs. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a thing of like, oh, I have this artwork. Um, right. Don't, don't you want it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm sure you've seen things from me that you're like, oh, that does not work for us uh, at all. But I think really, no matter who you are as an artist, you have your own style, right? So if you find, if you take those filters, like you said, like, oh my gosh, I found 
Like I would let, when I had a retail store, I, I would, we did the same thing. I'm not going to buy something that I wouldn't want to take home because a, I might be left with it, but like, why would you do that? So if you, if you're already picking companies that you like, then you know, you're going to be working on product that you would be proud to work on. So you, you still have your style. So you, you can't all go all the way to mind reading. So, so what you're saying too, and this is me looking at it from, from the, an art director's perspective, it's like, okay, Holly Stein, um, artwork on say studio M product or whatever else that company might be. And they might, and in that, because you put it on their formats, Already they're saying, oh my gosh, I can see Holly Stein's work on our product. It works or they might say it doesn't work, but no matter what, people buy what they see. So you're showing them a possibility that they might not see otherwise, unless you showed it to them. Mm. Yeah. You know, and the other thing about making those presentations is I love to design the product. Yeah. Um, and I know you talk about collections and, and when I hear you say this, I'm always like cheerleading. Um, you know, you can take one image and just show it on a thousand things, but that's really not, I don't think what manufacturers want. And so when I'm doing those presentations, I'm trying to think of a collection as a cohesive thing that it shows up in a store and it coordinates and it's beautiful but it's not the same throughout over and over. Um, Like there's a real variety that makes people say to themselves, oh, I really love this, but I really love this one too. And then, so then they're also tempted to be buying more. And that's also the key, right? Like you want to be selling. So, um, I mean, there's that thing that I had to learn along the way where you want them to buy all of it is the goal, right? But at least more than one. So if it's the same pattern on more than one thing, what's the reason to buy it? If you, if you make it so they coordinate, then they're like, oh, I have to buy that and that. Yeah. How great does that look together on my mantle or in my yard or, you know, in the kitchen or on my bed or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, but you literally take, so I would love, sorry, cause I kind of interrupted your train of thought, but um, so you find a company that you really like, and then you can, do you kind of then look through their catalogs or whatever you, their website, what you can find, how, you know, what's your next step for present then presenting? What I can find, or if I'm out shopping and I see like a beautiful product, you know, at a, at a boutique or whatever, I always turn it over and yep. <laughs> write down what company it is and try to find out more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of it is, is going off that original impulse of, Ooh, that's really cool. I'd really love to have that because mm-hmm. that aligns me immediately with whatever that company is. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, it, it becomes the chase of like, who do I talk to over there? How do I get to that person? And then if I can find stuff on a catalog or online, um, try to find those shapes or, you know, what their product is so that they have an affinity to it when they see it from me mm-hmm. and then, you know, take those collections and mock them up. So, and I understand why a lot of artists don't do it because it's thoroughly time consuming. It is mm-hmm. very, um, it is very time consuming, mm-hmm. but I do think that with the people that I've worked with, it has made an impression. And I do think that art directors 
And product developers appreciate that because hopefully it makes everybody's job easier. Yeah, I think it does. And I've had other people ask me because they've heard me, you know, on my on my platform about this, be like, really, is it okay if I do that? Like, will they think that I'm copying from them or still I was like, and oh, it's it's a compliment. It actually shows to me, in my personal opinion, that you've you've taken your time to research that company and you're making their job easier, basically. And it's I think it's just opening that door just that much further. Um that door of opportunity. So yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. And then you can say, you know, if you've come that far and, and you, and you've, you have an entree and then a conversation, then that company could say, gosh, yes, this is your style. If, if we could do this, this will make it exactly what we've been looking for. And maybe it's just changing a color or adding a flower or whatever. And then, but you've again, put yourself you've given yourself a seat at the table. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's always the end goal, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I love what I do, but I also, as crass as this sounds, I need to make a living, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what is the best way to do that? Yeah, and exactly. Hopefully by helping manufacturers, it is a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. You're, you're in the minority of people who do that for sure. I, I, um, I want to kind of go back to the fact that you worked designing these bakery boxes and photo shoots and, and menus and, and all this signage and packaging for 25 years. But then what happened? Like, you're not doing that anymore. So I am not doing that anymore. Um, it's not always up to us. No, it's not always up to us. And, you know, I knew it was coming for a while because um, particularly with the group I worked with at Cheesecake Factory Bakery, like a lot of the executives were executives who had been there at the beginning, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with the business owner. And, wow. um, you know, they were getting ready to retire and do other things. So I knew that there was going to be this turnover. And whenever there's turnover and executive yeah. level, all kinds of things happen. Yep. Um, so I knew it was coming. And then it came (laughs) um, rather abruptly. And I was, I was somewhat ready because I was already working on licensing stuff. Um, But it still hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was pretty tough. And honestly, I'm still getting over it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, It wasn't that long ago. It was about um, two or three years, a little bit more than two years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So So. that's just a reminder for people that it, the course changes either by our choice or not. And what's that next thing? Cause you've really taken, you know, your skills learned along the way, but reinvented what that can look like for you. Yeah. As well. And you know, one thing about it is that I knew from that experience and from all the years of doing design for all these companies that I didn't want to go back to that job by job kind of work. um, That's very hourly and very intensely time-driven and um, it was great work, but it's also very hard to, to maintain that for a long time. And because it's not terribly creative, I, 
I just made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to go out and try to find more freelance work or whatever, you know, um, that kind of closed the gates on that aspect of my career, which was also nice and clarifying, but unfortunately it left me, um, kind of financially (laughs) adrift for a little while. So it's, it's been to a little hard to get back to that, but you know, getting there. So that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It does. When we're in that place, we are kind of jabbing at things, you know, it's like, oh, I'll do this for a while or I'm going to say yes to that job because I need that. And then for a minute, we get a little farther away maybe from our goals, but you're on track. Well, and you know, for all of us, it's been a weird couple of years, right? Yeah. Like not <laughs> that not, to the soup. Yeah. Nothing has been normal. And in the midst of that, we moved across country, yeah. built a, built actually two houses, um, and so a lot of other things were going on. And I just, yeah, I sure. just, I made a very conscious decision that I wasn't going to go out and, and do that again. So then the focus became all on, okay, how do I build this licensing portfolio? And um, so I've just been working on collections pretty much nonstop for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I, you know, I think, um, Thinking of Courtney Davis, your new agent, My looking new th- agent. <laughs> your new agent, <laughs> looking back at all you've been working on in the last two years, being like, "Holy cow, we have a lot to sell here." Yeah, um, I get the sense they might be happy about that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited! And you know, you. that's it. Probably is interesting for them because I don't know. Maybe other artists don't come in with with the depth of art, you know, like, Oh, I can guarantee. Um, yeah. No, so, they're, they're like, come on, really? No, we need this art. We need, here's what we need. And they're like, yeah, no, yeah. it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's great for me too, in that, you know, I'm just always kind of marketing the most recent thing I've done, but there's this very large back catalog of artwork that they can run with and have fun. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that that's going to be a real benefit for both of us. So I have just one more question. So how long did it take you to actually reach out? Like before, when you thought about it and it like, did you, were you like, oh, I've got this. Or did you need to get your nerve up to ask them or to write letters to all the people that you did, whatever that looked like? You know, I kind of, I did this. I think, you know, this, I had an agent before Mm -hmm. and um, that about the same time as (laughs) my, my lovely, uh, design career ended kind of abruptly and um, more shell shock. So at that point, I reached out pretty quickly after that and tried to uh, kind of find another agent. And I talked to a couple of fabulous agents who were very kind, but I think also I was not ready. And Mm -hmm. I took a major step back very quickly and decided that I was going to try to do it on my own. some of that was fear out of what I'd just been through. And some of it was, I think the feeling of not, maybe not understanding the business as much as I would have liked to. So doing it by myself was instructional for me, Mm -hmm. but then maybe also like, I didn't feel like I did have that depth of art and the amount of artwork that would be suitable. Yeah. So then I did it on my own. And I kind of set myself up to, okay, if I don't have 
whatever amount of work or contacts or, or licensing contracts, by the end of 2021, it's time to really consider this. Mm-hmm. Um, still had some trepidation at the beginning of the year. And then finally, I was just like, you know what, I need to do this. And um, I think one day I just got up and was like, okay, I'm sending stuff out today. Mm-hmm. And I literally put a presentation together and sent it out. And with Courtney Davis, I was fortunate enough that they got back to me the next day. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it all happened very fast. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I, I ask because you're well set up for this and, you know, I think many people think they are and they are, but it, they don't have the same result. Certainly some do and some don't. So I th- think your points of stepping back thinking, I'm going to do this myself for a while. So I understand the market a little bit better or the segment I want to be involved in. I'm reaching out myself directly to the clients and I'm going to force myself to learn. And that's just, it really is part of the learning process and a really good way to do it because your value increases, your knowledge increases, your portfolio increases. So, yeah. And I was fortunate that I was able to do it. And in the midst of all the other things, I was less probably stable in terms of like a traditional freelance career anyway, because we were moving and all kinds of other gyrations. Um, So I think it it was an advantageous time for me to be doing that anyway. Yeah. Um, But I do think it was good. I think it was really helpful for me. And I think when it came time to make the decision, it made it very simple for me to just go, yes, I can continue to do this, but I also think that I will have a much better career and what I want Mm -hmm. if I let somebody else handle all the business aspect. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm psyched too. (laughs) I can't wait to see what happens next. Oh gosh. Well, I just, I appreciate, and if you didn't catch this at the beginning, Holly and I recorded a while ago and it was the most ridiculously bad technology I've ever experienced. And Holly was such a good sport because she just kept, we'd I, like, literally, I think we had to like recall each other like 10 times, but I think this, we got, a you got a lot more here and, and new news and a rich conversation. And I, I just really appreciate that. It was all meant to be that way. Right? <laughs> it, was meant, it all is. It's all meant to be no matter what we think we think. Oh my gosh. Um, couple things. I of course want to know who's inspiring you. Oh my goodness. Um, well, you always inspire me. Oh, I mean, Holly, no, it's true. It's true. You know, you're, you're doing your thing and we all love you for doing your thing and being the lovely person you are. So Thank always, always inspiring. Um, Lisa Condon, of course. And I know she's on every person's list, but for a reason. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I just love that she is who she is. Mm-hmm. And she unapologetically, I love that too. And yeah. And why would you need to apologize? She's exactly. fabulous. <laughs> but people I think feel like, oh, should I, should I put this hot on today? And she's, you know, that's a, she's a great example of somebody that's like, nope, this is, this is who I am. And I'm going to share this way. And those of you who want to come along on this particular ride, you know, you know, yeah, here but, it is. You know, like you, she is one of those that. people who lifts, lifts people, which is mm. just an amazing thing. You know, like I think to, draw people up is just 
a beautiful thing. And we need so much more of that. Yeah. Because I feel like we live in a world where a lot of people push down as opposed to lift. You know, I've never understood why that happens, but it certainly does. I'd say it's, yeah. You know, my kids inspire me because they're the next generation, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of cool to see what they're thinking and doing. Um, And then, you know, I look on Instagram and there are amazing artists and I love to look and see how people are doing things Mm -hmm. and what they're doing and the details of it. So that's always very fun. Yeah. You had great people that when we talked before, I'm going to name some because they're really, I want, I'm going to put them in the show notes and wood would her. My goodness. Gorgeous. Just the detail and what she does. And I I've known about them since the ACC shows way back days. And then we all lived in Minneapolis at the same time, but no matter what, I mean, mostly I I've been able to be in their studio a few times, but it's online and just so inspiring. So inspiring. Her husband as well. I mean, both of them just amazing. Yeah. Beautiful and intellectual and elegant. And I mean, just, yeah. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Beautiful. And you said Marsha at strange dirt. Yes. Oh my Another goodness. Good one. Yeah. Really interesting, beautiful work. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that too. Wiley Beckert, uh, Wiley Beckert and Wiley Beckert, you know, her art is gorgeous and classic, but it's, it's different because she's uh, creating for the gaming industry. Yeah. So it has a completely different kind of purpose and look. But technically, she's an amazing illustrator. And then I look at her and she's like on Patreon, Patreon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like her marketing is also very interesting. So she's she's inspirational and very interesting to me. I really appreciate that. And I've had a couple of conversations recently with people who are more in that ilk, like the gaming, the the, you know, the the whole different kind of manufacturing kind of art, like Adidas and, you know big, cool presentations and Olympics, whatever, but they're approaching it just the same way. It's like, I have this problem to solve. How is my art going to do that? And especially when, you know, the marketing side too, I love digging in and looking at all those aspects of how people are, are approaching their, getting their art into the world. It's really cool. And, you know, the other thing about her, she does these sets of cards. Um, So I'm assuming 52 cards Mm -hmm. to me, in my mind, like how, difficult is it to do 52 cards with the same kind of art and the same you have to carry those themes together but make them different and interesting and if you look at her art it is oh my god it's astounding how beautiful it is oh gosh yeah so good so go look everybody and then you said one two more tegan white yeah also very different a little dark very naturalistic and just beautifully rendered I like really beautifully rendered things, you know, me too. It's such a gift. I, I feel like I, I really do like to be, do art that's very specific yet. I don't necessarily, but I so appreciate that skill. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. I appreciate it. I just love getting lost in work like that. Yeah. And then I want to say this one too, because I know when we recorded last time, this was a good conversation, but, um, your friend, Sherry Dusky Rinker, my friend, Sherry Dusky Rinker. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, she is a force. She, um, she used to work with me. So started out as a designer and art director. And then she had 
two little guys and one of them was uh, not wanting to go to sleep at night and always needed a story. And he's also a big gearhead. And so she wrote this story and long, long story short, um, she put it out in the world. She got a contract with Chronicle, which was her first choice of publisher. It's gone on to be on the number one New York Times bestseller. And so have all the other books, like it's a whole series and they've all been number one bestsellers. I mean, they're translated into, I don't know how many languages, 40 or something. It's just, it's like this amazing story. Um, And it's called, they're called, it's the construction site series, right? Good night construction site. Good night, good night construction site. Yeah. And she's, she's gone on to do other things. She's got a brand new book out. But she's amazing. And she's part of this group of girls in Chicago who are, you know, they're that, that group, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're all amazing women. So they're all supportive and lovely and fabulous. But, but Sherry, I don't know. She's one of those people. She seems to invent time. I don't know how she absolutely <laughs> gets anything done, but, you know, it, yeah. it's kind of crazy. So oh, I love that. Well, yeah. such good juicy things for, for us to dig into and look at and um, let people know how they can, where they can find you. They can find me over on my website. So that's htsstudios.net. And uh, I'm on Instagram as htsstudios. Yes. So yeah, it's good things to look at. Oh, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being patient with me and coming back and talking to me again and and sharing so much of your, of your path and your process. I really appreciate it. Anytime you want to talk, it's an honor and a pleasure. It's always so fun to talk to you. I wish I was closer. I'd come take that ceramics class with you. I know. I know. I wish you were closer. We could have coffee and, you know, just hang out and chat over whatever coffee or I think we would create together. I would love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So maybe someday you never know. That's the thing. You never, you do never know. You do never know, but thank you so much for having me and redoing this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Likewise. Well, I'm thrilled. You had a lot to add this time there, you know, you've turned another page. So we get to share that with everybody. And thank you for being so supportive on that note too. You're a lovely connector and so supportive. Margo, thank you. It's just a great thing to be able to do. You bet. Thanks, Holly. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to, and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.